what it is, is a new category of search that leverages the power of relationships and referrals to help clients build the best teams. And we've built technology that transforms thousands of subject matter experts into the world's most powerful talent network. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Joseph Ogin, and I'm a product manager. I built platforms used by AOL, Coca-Cola, and National Geographic. I love listening to We Are LA Tech because Esprit and her team really make it easy for us to understand the LA Tech community and really break down how companies and users can utilize this new emerging technologies to build businesses and connect with their communities. You can follow me online at josephhogin.com. That's Joseph Hogin, H-O-L-G-U-I-N.com. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. So I have another little commentary on exercise and something totally doable. I've been jump roping, super fun. Reminds me of when I was a kid. I actually have the cross ropes, which are weighted jump ropes, but you could do it with any jump rope. And I've been saying this thing like 30 day, I think it's 60,000 jump challenge. I have to look again. Anyway, you could Google it. Just break it down into like, 50 jumps and maybe this six oh my gosh now I have to look it up um, you break it down into like 50 jumps at a time or 100 jumps at a time and then you just do it in parts so every day you're tallying up like how many you want to get to so by the end of the 30 days you get there and it's super dope there's a YouTube channel called jump rope dudes like they're all about jump roping it's actually a pretty motivating channel so I definitely suggest if you have a jump rope laying around the house to grab it and just like get some jumps in to get your body moving. Like we wanna make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Like it's important to nourish ourselves day to day. All right, let me know, shoot me a, a DM or a tweet or Instagram or whatever, messenger bird, however you wanna message me. Let me know if you've been jumping rope, what jump rope you use and like if you dig it, how long you've been doing it, if you've seen results, like I'm loving it. My cross ropes are great. I absolutely love it. All right, bye, enjoy the episode. Spotlighting LA tech companies and talent. And I have someone truly special on the show today. OG LA tech. LA tech literally would not be what it is today if it weren't for Curdy D. Welcome to the We Are LA Tech podcast. So nice to hear your voice. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Curdy, I feel like maybe I wouldn't even know what Twitter was if it wasn't for you. I'm not sure, but I know that you're probably, if not that, you're probably one of the first people I engaged with on Twitter, for sure. Love that. Yeah, that takes me way back. And with a crazy COVID, it's kind of weird. It feels like OG days on Twitter, like everybody's back on Twitter again. 
Yeah, Twitter is the thing. It's actually come up in all the interviews we've had today, how Twitter is the place to connect and engage. And it's all about knowing how to be more connective on Twitter. But this is focused on LA tech. And I think everyone's going to like kill me if I talk. I keep talking about Twitter so much today. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So I love connecting people. And some people have called me a social catalyst whether I deserve that uh, label or not, it's up to you to decide. But I'm essentially just insatiably curious, love people. I've always been a community guy. I used to promote like, a lot of concerts when I was out of college. And uh, that sort of just naturally led me to start producing a lot of tech events where when we first met back in the day, I was doing digital family reunion and meeting of the minds and yeah, and that sort of led me into the entrepreneur path and a venture back founder with an exit. We got City Source launched in 09, sold it last year. And so Congrats. that was a big win. Thanks. And I've had a bunch of other interesting gigs. I built out a startup program for a big enterprise software company at Esri and did that for almost six years. And then I went up to San Francisco and uh, I got to ride on a unicorn with Lime. The scooter company was on the BD team there and uh, had a stint at an accelerator incubator called Coplex, where we were helping industry experts take their ideas to the market quickly. And uh, now I'm general manager at Hunt Club, which is a new category of talent search, helping companies build the best teams. And it's a really great role for me because I love people and I get to basically connect the dots between great companies that are hiring and awesome talent that uh, are looking for their next thing. And one thing that's always been great about you and you know, you and I have known each other for so many years. You, there have been so many times throughout my entrepreneurial journey that I have just fallen to pieces. And you've always been, I think, a support figure for many of us of a place to be safely vulnerable, fall to pieces, and you help put us all back together. Would you say that that's your superpower, helping people problem solve and, and gluing everyone back together? <laughs> oh, I just got a warm fuzzies. That felt nice to hear that. And I'm glad that I can be of, of service. Look, like I, I just want to help people. And I've I've had a lot of challenges in my own life. So I just try to listen and, and be in support. And it's a really hard journey trying to take something from an idea to bring it to market. You have to have a lot of guts and a lot of luck and it's daunting. So I think it's just a function of being empathetic, you know, and I just like to help and make friends. So that's what friends do, right? I mean, completely. What would you say your superpower is? I don't know. It's really like a fish, like being in water and not really knowing that what the water is. Maybe what do you think my superpower is? I mean, you can't throw it back on me like that. I guess I've asked people sometimes about mine. For me, I'll go, I'll go for me because this is how I see it. I think my superpower is I'm able to intuitively see how to create the most meaningful relationships amongst others. That is a hundred thousand percent my superpower. Is it what I necessarily do professionally? There's aspects of it that I integrate into what I do professionally, but I don't look to get paid to connect people. To me, that's an art form that I'm really proud of that I do. I don't know. It's just beautiful seeing people prosper together. So my superpower is like facilitating meaningful relationships. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that, Esprit. Yeah, I guess to 
in the spirit of the question, I think that I have a superpower around very similar to you. It's sort of a, like, I don't want to just collect dots. I want to connect them. So being able to like matchmake and know who would be friends. And I think that's one part of a function of kind of being grounded and attempting to understand like what's true about human nature, like who are we and like what is common about the human experience and then managing and balancing that with the emerging future and and how things are dynamic and changing. So I think being able to sort of ride the wave of like the eternal truth with what is emerging is probably my superpower. It's like I, I, I surf, I play music. I'm really interested in this idea of of that kind of dynamic interplay and being okay if I fall off the wave or hit a wrong note and knowing how to sort of like quickly get back into flow. So that's, I think kind of, and that naturally I think expresses itself in community and it also expresses itself in entrepreneurship. Completely. And speaking of community, you have been like a core piece of the, like a core, not even piece, like a a core of the community for so long do you have thoughts on like what the community looks like right now? Like while we're going through unusual times globally, how do we create a connected community in LA virtually? Great question. I think that there are a few different organizations and groups trying to solve that. And I mean, look, LA is a really incredible market for a whole bunch of reasons. One, it's, it's so diverse. Like it's, I, I had a, chat with our friend Tyler Crowley this morning and we were kind of going down memory lane thinking about how quickly LA has grown to be a top five global tech market. That's remarkable. It's all because uh, of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there's that a lot group of, the, of 20 of us back in the day, man. I feel like. I will say we definitely, there was a magic, 100%, between that kind of 07, 08, even through like 2010, there was incredible magic. There was magic in LA before that, though. There was magic in the 90s with the, the Vic community, Venice Interactive community, which is who I partnered with to do Digital Family Reunion. Even predating that in the, in the 50s and 60s, this LA was the this get this is a little bit of a history lesson to get some context to your question, but you know, aerospace and defense and technology were born in Southern California with Howard Hughes, and there was that whole scene. And uh, Stanford started recruiting a lot of those engineers to be professors and and kind of pull them up to Silicon Valley. And that's a whole discussion. But basically, fast forward to now, where are we? It's really interesting because of a few reasons. One there is a very legitimate tech market here now. Plus, we have so many different sectors and verticals that are dominant. We have, we're the creative capital of the world with uh, entertainment and content, and that's only increasing with the podcast revolution and, and all of the wonderful things happening with YouTubers and da-da-da-da. We're outporting you know, more engineers, I think, compared to anywhere else in the world. So there's this virtuous cycle that's happening. In the past, part of the challenge, as you know better than anyone, has been the geographic city with the traffic. And like, like you know, I live west of the 405 and it's like, if I want to go east of the 405, it's like, I have to plan a week ahead to make that happen, essentially. 
completely. <laughs> it's so tr- It's not even an under- understatement. Like it's not an exaggeration. I mean, it's just like yeah, that Saturday Night Live skit where I can't remember the road, but there's that one road they talk about where like there's the shortcut from like the beach in Manhattan to get through Playa. And I remember discovering that for the first time and be like, oh my gosh, that's a Saturday Night Live skit. But so I think the virtual acceleration that's happening with COVID is going to be really interesting for the city, for the community. It'll be, I think it's still, you know, forming around what's what. I mean, you have what you're doing. I know .LA has emerged, you know, Rachel Horning has Startup Coil and is doing some great stuff there. And, you know, you have the OG Ben Quos at SoCal Tech that just keep pumping out the greatest hits. Like there's a lot of people doing a lot of cool stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how this evolves. And I have some some thoughts about that, but uh, we could maybe talk about that later or... Well, one of the things I wanted you to highlight a little bit more, and it's, I think, something that LA Tech locals know, but it's not as known overall because the perception is that Silicon Valley has all of the engineering talent, but we really actually dominate in engineering talent where we haven't dominated in the past is making sure engineering talent stays in LA, which is something that we have to work on as a community. Can you talk a little bit about about the engineering pool that we have here and maybe then parlay that with like, what do we do to inspire them to like not leave? Yeah, absolutely. So you're talking about the brain drain phenomena that most areas deal with. And, you know, you have these areas that have this gravity, Silicon Valley has been very successful with that. But I think we're seeing an acceleration of a reversal of that trend. And I've heard it said that San Francisco is the utopia gone wrong. And that Los Angeles is the dystopia gone right. Oh, interesting. And I have not heard that. When uh, when Holden and I were in San Francisco, we were paying $4,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment right across from Airbnb's headquarters, right right in Soma at 8th and Brannan. And um, really nice place. But uh, you walk outside and you know immediately uh, you have some of the displeasing things that you have to deal with in San Francisco that we don't have to go into on the show, you know, after being there for a year, I was, I just, I loved the city, but I just missed, I missed home. So we ended up coming back and for that same amount of money, like the amount square footage and amenities and all that stuff was just like twice as much. Right? Totally. So the cost of living is going to be one thing I think that's going to definitely keep people closer to home or in areas like Los Angeles, where you have a nice balance of incredible job market a lot of growth happening with opportunities for really great engineers to just stay in the city. You have a great quality of life with the weather and you know everything that Southern California has to offer. And by the way, we're in the middle of a, a major economic downturn. So people are going to want to keep costs down. So, And I think we're already seeing a flight out of San Francisco. It'll be interesting to see like what that ends up looking like. I mean, Pre-COVID, we were already having, you know, big name investors buy in, up in the Bay, buying second homes in Malibu and, and, and coming down on a weekly route down to Los Angeles and, you know, things like Surf Air supporting that to make it easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's LA's moment, you know, Los Angeles, the city of angels, I think is a very appropriate name. Can you just fill everybody in where the, all the engineering talent is coming from here? 
Oh yeah, sorry, I buried the question. UCLA, USC, we have the uh, Caltech schools essentially competing for MIT for the the best um, engineering schools in the world. We had I-10 Albez, it was a Caltech grad who founded Applied Semantics, which was acquired by Google and essentially is the monetization engine of Google. So much incredible uh, talent comes out of Caltech. A little farther east, we have the Claremont schools. We have Harvey Mudd, um, incredible engineering talent coming out of, uh, of those schools. And then you have the, the local Cal State schools, Cal State Northridge, Cal State LA, you know, farther south, Cal State Long Beach. We also have uh, Loyola Marymount. So world-class schools. And I don't know the exact numbers as free, but the output of engineering talent locally is incredible. This is phenomenal. I wanted to kind of like piggyback off of talking about possibly mass exodus from San Francisco. Uh, We don't usually have conversations like this on the podcast, but I do think it's interesting and very pertinent to LA Tech is because of what's going on, there's been so many levels of systematic shift, but one of them is remote work. A lot of companies were allergic to remote work and now they've been forced to remote work. And now these major companies, I, I can't remember all of them, but like Twitter, YouTube, you know, all of them are pushing to stay remote for quite a while. I know, I think Twitter is possibly stay like going to be ma- like mainly remote. Maybe you know more, Curdy, than I do. But with that, I'm suspecting that all the people who were on the fence in San Francisco or like couldn't move to LA because they were stuck in an office, we might like have another boom in this city, especially in the tech space, because it's possible all of that talent in San Francisco is going to relocate to Los Angeles. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, look, like part of the appeal of San Francisco is you have incredible restaurants and food and great culture. And if you're paying four grand a month for a one bedroom and it's locked down and you can't do that, uh, you go crazy. And I think there's so many people that fit that bill and being able to come down to Los Angeles, uh, work from an LA satellite office or work remote completely, you know, maybe actually be able to afford to buy a place. The social scene is incredible in LA. I will be surprised if we don't see like some bigger stories about the, you know, essentially the, it's almost like the migrant birds flying south for the summer and then just stay here. Totally. And one last question, another one that I don't usually ask is just, you're such a prolific person in the LA tech culture. And I feel like you're really plugged in uh, to the knowledge base of LA tech. What are your thoughts on .LA? Do you have any thoughts on .LA? .LA is a media site. The website is .LA and they are doing content and they were going to be doing events, but now I think they're trying to do stuff virtually. So it's sort of another classic uh, event media company. They sort of are placing a bet that LA is a big enough market that they can launch essentially like a tech crunch for the local market here in the region. And uh, they have some pretty big names backing them and they raise quite a bit of money. I feel like you may have a piece of this too. I feel so loyal to Tech Zulu, which, you know, it's not really like a thing anymore. But I'm like, that should have been Tech Zulu. <laughs> I actually talked to Vac two weeks ago. He's doing good. And I miss Efren. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I miss Efren too. Efren moved to Texas. 
Yeah. Yeah. Pop babies. I know. Him. Tons of babies. So where where do you think dot LA fits in our ecosystem moving forward? I think that it's incredible when you have competition. And you know, we we can't fail to admit the awesome work that Ben Quo at SoCal Tech has been doing for over two decades and he's built a very stable business and, and I, I love his newsletter. I subscribe to his database, give him thirty bucks a month and it's really worth it. And Dot LA will make Ben better. I think Ben will make them better and same for you. And I think that it's a very much of a forcing function competition is it'll, it'll make sort of the whole tide rise and all the boats will rise. And I think, you know, Dot LA will find its space and, you know, you'll continue to thrive doing what you're doing. And I think it's a big enough market to support these different media organizations. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Like, you know, are they going to try to do like a dot Austin or, or something like that? Mm-hmm. I think that, totally, um, you know, oh, who knows? I'm really happy for them. And, you know, the more sort of exposure there is to all the entrepreneurs, I, I think the better. I want to mention Sean Percival and he had that moment oh, when he was doing Lala. Yeah, really Lala Wang. Yes. And that, Sean's back in yeah. I heard that he's coming back into town or is back into town now. I saw him in, when I was in Norway. It's interesting because we are LA Tech and I am collabor. I don't believe in competition. I believe in collaboration. I'm like, I don't, I'm not in the news space. I'm in the sharing stories and connecting community space. So I have such a great relationship with like Built in LA and Digital LA and all the amazing like startup. I have such an amazing relationship with all the community builders in Los Angeles. Like for me, I'm just curious to see how our city will evolve and how our community will continue to connect or disconnect. And, you know, my MO is to help unify us and to figure out all the ways that we may feel disconnected to help bring us all together. And I think it's very interesting. I think the only bias for me is that I love Efren. And so for me, it's like tech Zulu for life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned LA. Sam gave me this really cool map and uh, I ended up framing it and it's right above my office. So I'm actually looking at it right now. It's a really cool map they put out and uh, it'll be funny to see uh, how it changes too. I, you know, you have some of these companies that are, you know, really big names now and we'll see how they, they are in, you know, a year, five years. Totally. Well, let's get into more about your story and Hunt Club. Tell us about Hunt Club. Yeah. So Hunt Club's really exciting for me for a bunch of reasons. You know, I've been told forever that I'd be an awesome recruiter and headhunter. And I've gotten so many people jobs. When I was at Esri, I was one of the top recruiters of new talent into the company besides the HR team. I was introduced to them by one of their advisors, Brian Schwartz, who is an incredible connector, one of the most special people. If you haven't met him or had him on the show yet, I couldn't recommend him enough. Oh, definitely connect us. I'd be happy to celebrate him. Yeah. And he connected me to Nick Chromitis, uh, CEO of Hunt Club. And when I learned about how they were approaching the talent space, Esprit, I was really excited. And he came out to LA and I introduced him to a bunch of folks and it felt good. So they had me come out to Chicago and I fell in love with the team. And one of the big filters I had was, do I want to be more like these people or not? And so they're based in Chicago. Second market's New York. LA is the third market. 
What it is, is a new category of search that leverages the power of relationships and referrals to help clients build the best teams. And we've built technology that transforms thousands of subject matter experts into the world's most powerful talent network. So what we've done is we've had uh, 10,000 industry experts, people like you that have shared their address book and their contacts with us. And we use them to help crowdsource the best you know, candidates. And then we have a cash bounty where we give an incentive. So if you help us find our next head of marketing, we give you up to 5,000 bucks for helping us get that placement and uh, up to $300 if you could get your referral and interview. So to the client, we feel like a retained search. The client doesn't interface with our tech. We just use our tech to run searches better, faster, cheaper. And we have a really unique pricing model too that feels more like contingent search. So we're sort of in between. We feel like retained, have a really flexible pricing model. Customers love it. We, we have 500 clients and we help uh, early stage and high growth and enterprise companies, mostly in tech and health sector. And clients are like companies we know and love like Pinterest, Dollar Shave Club, GoPuff, and uh, tons more. It's funny, I even, I've placed so many people in jobs because I just know of a company and I know of a talent. And then I'm like, yeah, you guys should meet each other. And even yesterday, a friend of mine who owns a company in Texas was like, hey, do you know a a head of content? And I'm like, yeah. And I just sent a few names casually. So to think that like now you're putting it into this organized system is very interesting. Yeah. Well, we have to talk more about that because I'd love to figure out how we add more value to your community and help them to capture some of that value for themselves. It's interesting also when it comes to geography, do you think more companies are now like open to remote work or are we still looking to place talent in the same geographic location? The answer is both. And I think the pattern we'll see Esprit is that there's going to be a much more flexible rule with companies will have around remote work, but I think the rule will be that you need to be at HQ for a year to be able to meet the key teammates, to develop, you know, IRL in real life relationships, get a feel for the culture. And then once that box has been checked, I think there'll be a a long leash, if you will. And I think that sort of is also dependent, like some organizations like WordPress, Automatic are, you know, remote from day one. Um, so I think we'll we'll see an in, increased pattern with both of those, with the automatic WordPress work from home from day one, plus this other thing I'm describing where you're you're at HQ for a year. And I think the days of having to be at a company office Monday through Friday, nine to five are going to be, you know, less and less. I think operators are realizing that they can actually have more productivity out of their team and have happier team members and actually reduce their cost structure without having to have this expensive office space too. Is there an abundance of opportunity? It's just not surfacing on the media for natural reasons because there's so much that needs to be reported on right now. Our world is going through such a crazy time. What abundance are you seeing is what I'm trying to say on Hunt Club. It's been really, really like positive for us. I mean, sure, like we got hit just like everybody else did. And we had to do some resource planning. And look, like we, the company has a strong balance sheet. And that's one of the reasons why I came here. That was important to me. So they have enough cash in the bank to go forward. And there's a lot of companies like that. We're seeing 
a lot of demand for the executive roles. And then we're seeing pockets of demand for like GoPuff is one of our great case studies. And they're a digital convenience store. So it's like a, you know, you can just order convenience store items and they'll come and deliver it to you. And their business is booming. So there's a segment of the market that's experiencing unprecedented demand surge. I mean, look at the Zoom numbers from last week. I mean, they're like any of the virtualization, digital virtualization businesses are, are doing very, very well. And that's those are tech sector jobs. And a lot of those are in, in Los Angeles and San Francisco and New York and, and Austin and so on and so on. I think the net benefit is that, you know, if you're a really good talent living in LA, you can maybe then go get a job working for a company in SF but be staying here in Los Angeles. And look, like there are a lot of incredible people that were laid off. And so I think there's going to be what we're calling the great rehiring. Mm, And it's really exciting. And there's this big sorting opportunity where pre-COVID, it was such a tight labor market that the the seller, the, the individual that had a great track record had hold up and had the advantage. And now... The companies have the advantage because there's a lot of incredible talent that were laid off. I think what it's going to do is it's going to allow both parties to find a better fit. And that's one of the things we're really excited about. And that's so important because you spend most of your life doing your work. So, you know, the more you can get alignment, like that icky guy, which I'm sure you know about, which is like the four circles where you have what you're passionate about what your mission is, what you're good at, and then what you can get paid for and finding that concentric overlap. And that's what this job is for me. I, this job definitely is not a J-O-B. It's, a, it's a, an expression of me finding my icky guy. And I think- I've actually never heard that. It's incredible. It's a Japanese concept for well-being. And You um, have to send the, it to me. Uh, is it, how do we Google it? Can you spell it? Yeah, it's I-K-I- G-A-I, icky guy. And we'll include and it in the show notes so everybody could could check that out. Yeah, it's the Japanese secret to long and happy life. And I think that's really one of the benefits that's going to come out of this post-COVID and this great rehiring is everybody's having an existential moment. This is what happened to me at the Google the in 08. You know, I was in the real estate business and got the rug pulled out from under me. And I I had an incredible mentor. And he said, Curdy D, think about like redesigning your life. Like, what do you want to be doing? What market? What sector? Who do you want to be working with? What do you want to be doing with your time? And I had this opportunity where I was able to go, okay, I want to work in B2B. I don't want to work with a retail customer anymore. I want to work with a smart professional customer. I want to do software. I want it to be a social enterprise. I want to fly on an airplane once a month to go to a conference and get paid to learn. And literally within a year of doing that esprit, like city source happened. And I think there's something so magical when you can have a clear intention and you can marry it with a greater good of being of service. The universe can't help but answer the inquiry. I love it. It's a very alchemist, which is my favorite book. A couple last questions before we wrap up. And this has been so rad sharing your story. What are some LA tech talent? And I know we've talked about this a little bit already, but some LA tech talent or companies you've come across lately who've really impressed you? Oh, wow. There's so many. Well, big, big props to Honey. They had that incredible acquisition, acquisition. by PayPal. 
Yeah. Holden um, did some of the early designs for them. So that was kind of cool. And Holden, Holden's his partner. My wife. Yes. I well, never know in, the, in this day and age, like I don't, it's, it's not really something for the We Are Tech podcast, but in this day and age on the podcast as an interviewer, I never make assumptions how someone wants to be labeled. So the safest one is partner. <laughs> but I guess on a business show, that would be confusing because then you think business partner. But my intent is to be like socially, like what's it called? Like socially correct or moral or whatever it is. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, thank um, you for the you clarification. Know, I, I, I love, there's, there's some great companies that are doing wonderful things. Cornerstone on demand, you know, they're OG LA company 20 plus years now, and they're doing some incredible work in the HR and reskilling market. Big hats off to uh, Walter Driver at Scopely. It's been wonderful watching his career evolve and they've just been doing an uh, incredible job executing It'll be interesting to see what happens with Bird. Oh, that's, wow. What is happening kind of, with those scooter companies now that no one's leaving the house? I haven't well, looked into that. A, a ban on the scooters because they were being used as barricades for the riots. So they were the uh, cities forced them to take them off the streets. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's whole thing. I mean, I was at Lime on the BD team. So I... Uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for scooters, but also it's uh, there's a lot of challenges with that market. So it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. And, and how you know, about look, a person? A person, Brian Schwartz, hands down, yeah. has been somebody that I have absolutely been so impressed with. He came into the LA market a few years ago and has, you know, very quietly and very quickly established himself as one of the really prolific leaders and it'll be really exciting to see what he's up to. I'd love to introduce you to him. He has a new firm called Size, S-I-Z-E. Mostly his customers are venture capital firms that need a firm like his to come in and help a company scale. And he has a really unique model. He's an Ubermensch. He's impeccable with his word. He keeps his promises and he always over delivers. Couldn't say good enough things about him. And we'll include him in the show notes as well. Do you know how to spell his last name? Yes, it's S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Brian, B-R-A-I-N, Schwartz. Perfect. So two last questions, Curdy. One question is, what is your favorite tech tool? Can be mobile app, hardware, software? Well, lately it's been this roadcaster. So I just started my own podcast, The Curdy D Show. And this thing is so cool. And uh, it lets me do all these cool little sound effects. Like, can you hear it? The that is going cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait, um, the mic itself lets you do sound effects? Well, it's basically a mixing console and a sampler all into one. So oh, it got lets it. Me, and I have all these like funny little sounds I can do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then I'm gonna have a lot. you're allowed. And what's the model again? It's called the Roadcaster, R-O-D-E caster. And then the last question is, what is a really great piece of advice that you've gotten? Probably my father, Pete, who's an incredible guy. And he has a very simple framework that I believe to be true. And it's this, we get what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So be careful what it is that you wish for. And you gave me that advice, Esprit, a couple of days ago when I was getting advice from you about my podcast. 
And you pretty much said the same thing in different words. And I think that is so true. An example of that is Mother Teresa would never go to an anti-war demonstration. She would only go to a peace campaign. There's this weird phenomena that if you focus on the negative, you'll get it. And that's why it's really important to frame things in a positive view, even if intention is good with, with a negative framing, the negative framing will play tricks in your mind. And that's just how the mind works. I love that. I actually think about that all the time. I'm trying to think of an example right now, but if like even saying something simple like, I can't do that. Or I know I say that with this with math all the time. I say, I'm just not good at math. And so instead I've started to say, I'm evolving to become more comfortable with math. Because if my brain thinks I'm just not good at math, then there's no chance. Or And that's a pretty like a obscure example. Another one is like saying, you can't do that, right? Instead saying, would you like to something, something like changing the negatives to a positive, even if the out, like you think the meaning is the same, but because using words like can't or not possible or any of those, it's a negative connotation and the brain only hears the negative, allegedly. The subconscious doesn't edit. So when you say these things, it follows the command. That's why meditation is so important. And I, I have mad respect for Naval that I really appreciate his perspective. And I've really been meditating as a regular practice for a while now. And I feel like as long as I can meditate in the morning for 20 minutes and just watch the mind, then it's basically a win for the day. And it just sort of gives me that ability to have a little extra space and be able to notice those thoughts. And it's uh, incredibly positive how it creates more of a positive uh, cycle I can't recommend it enough, but I uh, will get off my hobby horse and and, And, and shut up. And you mean Naval from Angelus, right? Yeah, Naval Ravikant. If if you haven't, if this is a new name for you uh, to the audience, I couldn't recommend following uh, his Twitter uh, enough. It's at Naval, N-A-V-A-L. And it's um, it's really incredible, uh, his journey. He's an operator, entrepreneur, investor, uh, philosopher, incredibly smart. There's a Joe Rogan uh, interview with Naval that's a great place to start if you wanted to get up to speed on, on his philosophy. Curity, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in LA Tech. Remember, go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group at wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye, everybody. My name is Kurt Derridix with Hunt Club. I'm the general manager for the West Coast. Hunt Club is a new category of search that leverages the power of relationships and referrals to help our clients build the best teams. Our tech transforms thousands of subject matter experts into the world's most powerful talent network. I'm based in Marina Del Rey, and you are listening to We Are LA Tech. Hi, this is Arlen Hamilton, author of It's About Damn Time, How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. I feel so grateful I've had the privilege of getting an advanced copy of Arlen Hamilton's new book, It's About Damn Time. She is one of the most inspiring venture capitalists I've ever come across. 
her story from having absolutely nothing and being completely broke to being one of the most influential venture capitalists in the world blows my mind. And her book is insanely well-written. Right when I picked it up, I didn't want to put it down. She teaches me and us how to become the asset, how to be our best selves, and how to be a person that not only creates opportunity for ourselves, but creates an abundance of opportunity for others. I'm so proud to share her book with you, and I hope you'll pick it up. And I know for sure you'll be just as riveted as I was with each page you turned. Get It's About Damn Time at itsaboutdamntime.com. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Sarah Tran. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production.